Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Morning, everybody, and welcome to our daily Bible study here at A Day of Prayer. We're excited to have you with us as we go about and study the Word together. So let's get to it. Layla, would you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I thank you for today and the beautiful things that you're making and for the holiday that's coming up for this these fathers, Lord, and I ask that you'll bless them and that you'll guide them, Lord, and that you'll bless everybody, Lord, and continue to minister to us as we go about your word and just learn more about you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're still in chapter 14. We're starting in verse 24. Um, who would like to read from verse 24 through 34? I will. All right, sir. Promise, sir. And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had placed the people under oath, saying, Curse is the man who eats any food until evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. So none of the people tasted food. Now all the people of the land came to a forest, and there was honey on the ground. And when the people had come into the woods, there was the honey dripping. But no one put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan, who had not heard his father, charged father charged, charged the people with the oath. Therefore he stretched out the end of the rod that was in his hand and dipped it into and the honeycomb, and put his mouth his hand to his mouth, sorry, and his countenance brightened. Then one of the people said, Your father strictly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats food this day. And the people were faint. But Jonathan said, My father has troubled the man. Look now, how my countenance has burned because I tasted a little of this honey. How much better if the people had eaten food today of the spoil of their enemies which they found. For now, would there not have been much greater slaughter among the Philistines? Now it happened they had driven back the Philistines that day from Mechmash to Ajawah. So the people were very faint. And the people rushed on the swell and took the sheep, oxen, and calves and slaughtered them on the ground. And the people ate them with the blood. Hmm. Then they told Saul, saying, Look, the people are singing against the Lord by eating with the blood. So he said, You have dealt treacherously. Will the Lord stone to me this day? Then Saul said, Despise yourselves among Disperse. yourself yeah. among the people and say them and say to them, Bring me here every man's ox and every man's sheep. Slaughter them here and eat them, and do not sin against the Lord by eating with the blood. So every one of the people brought ox with him that night and slaughtered it there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's a lot in there. But I want to hear from you guys first. What did you get out of this section of scripture? I 
I found it interesting that Mike would solve instead of Alex. Yes, would solve instead of saying, "Okay, you guys can eat," or unless, sorry, instead of listening to the Lord and saying that to the people, he said, "Nobody will eat until I have my vengeance." Okay, what does that mean to you? Yes. That instead of allowing the Lord to bring about the victories and letting, no, instead of allowing the Lord to establish a victory, he tried to use himself to get that victory. Hmm, okay. Then, you can see here, but it doesn't really make sense by not eating. Mm -hmm. So, if you don't eat, can't really fight. That's true. It's much harder. Definitely more difficult. We have less physical strength. Our body needs food. Um, however, sometimes you don't have a choice. But this is not the case here. Um, what else? And then, like with the people, they they killed the animals. At the they couldn't say kill them with the blood. Mm -hmm. Ate them with the blood, sorry. I think that means that they ate them raw. Well, they definitely weren't cooked. Um, I'll say well done or whatever, right? Um, but it goes back to uh, a command the Lord had given in Deuteronomy. Uh, chapter 12, verse 23. He says, this is the Lord talking about eating blood. And he says, Only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life. You may not eat the life with the meat. You shall not eat it. You shall pour it out on the earth like water. You shall not eat it. That it may go well with you and your children after you when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord. So this was a command he gave. But also in there, he spells it right out and says, No, the life is in the blood. That's, that's where life comes. I mean, life comes from the Lord, but the Lord gave us blood, and in the blood, He put life. Okay? So, you're eating something, right? In this case, uh, meat, right? From whatever sheep or goat or oxen or whatever it was that they don't, whatever. I can't. Calves. Sheep, calves, oxen, that's it. Thank calves. you, yes. So, so, in other words, they've killed it. But they're eating life and death at the same time. Right? It's an issue. Right? The Lord tells us from the spiritual sense you can't eat, drink from both the cup of what? Demons and the Lord. At this, exactly. But yet, they're taking life and death at the same time. Same thing with the cup of, of the Lord and the cup of demons. Right? One brings life, one brings death. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's as well, but it's significant that the Lord's he established that, but also He said, "Hey, don't do this." It's just out of obedience. Mm -hmm. He asked the people not to do. It. That's the biggest, the bigger thing here, is mm -hmm. were the people were being disobedient to the Lord. But also, why? Oh, why? Why did they get to that point? Because of Saul. Explain. He told him not to eat so he could get his vengeance, and then said that whoever did would be cursed. Instead of blessing them, 
he wanted to curse him instead. Which is why Jonathan had said, my father has troubled the land. Look, he's making them one. He's taking their strength, their natural vigor, which you get from food. And he's making them transgress, transgress against the commandment of the Lord. Like what Jesus said, it's better for one of these leaders that a millstone be hung around his neck and he be cast in the sea than cause one of these little ones to stumble. So what does transgress mean? To go against, to break, if you will, violate. And its simplest form in this, all right, sin. Yes. As it pertains to the, to the word and the word of the Lord, to transgress is to sin. So he caused the people to sin or the people to stumble. You want to say something, honey? Uh -huh. Or were you going to say something? Yeah, but when you finish your thought. No, I'll let you go. Okay. Um, not only that, but he put his son in a hard place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can, like, the Saul that we met when he was looking for his father's donkeys and he was ready to serve and willing to go as far as he needed to, um, and put himself aside and humble himself, you know, and seek the Lord. That's all we see that he's transitioned all the way to this very harsh and austere man who is self-concerned and hard on the people. And, you know, even in the midst of him doing what he's doing, he didn't realize that he's putting a yoke of bondage on his, his beloved, his son, his own son, his child. Because he's not listening to the Lord, his heart is not soft towards God and tender anymore where he's willing to serve the people and rescue them. Before, like the first battles where the Lord delivered, it was about him being indignant about this is what God has already said and promised and this is to save the people, this is for the people. And now he's talking about himself, this is for me, my enemies, and um, this is what he wanted to do. So much so that he wasn't even concerned at the people's well-being anymore, even to the point in the fact that he put his son in a hard place. Now, I'm a firm believer in, in treating, treating everyone the same and having the, you know, a constant and consistent um, measurement for them. However, you know, your children are under your covering and whatnot, so what you can do for them, you cannot always do for other people, not in a way of withholding things that, that are right, but just because you have a different authority level between yourself and strangers. But he, being the king, was supposed to be their what? What did they ask for? Someone to protect them and fight for them. Look out for them. Man. Exactly. He was supposed to cover them and take a parental role, if you will, to his people. But here you see he's just not concerned about it. And... You know, like, how did he, how did we get here? How did Saul get to this place from being tenderhearted and soft to the Lord and compassionate? You know, he cared about his dad even being worried about him because he had been gone too long. In his effort to serve and to do right, he was concerned that his dad would worry and be overly concerned and distraught about his well-being and his, his presence being gone for so long. But... Now, this person all but doesn't care. And as you're starting to hear anger in him, um, 
That anger and pride. And, you know, as you guys go forward in life, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us to be the peacemakers mm-hmm. and to be gentle to all. Let our gentleness be known by all. You can find that in various places throughout the New Testament. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Gentleness and love. Those are the things that people should know about us. It doesn't mean that you can't fight when you need to fight. You know, there's sometimes you have to stand up and say no. And you might have to be a little bit more boisterous about it if, if that's how the Lord is leading you, like, and you need to defend yourself physically or something of that nature. But on a daily basis, on a regular basis, that shouldn't be what's going on. Shouldn't be your go-to. No, and people feel like they have to be hard and... Um, violent and angry to get the point across and it's unnecessary because when you're doing what's right God said what? He'll cause even even your enemies to be at peace with you so the word even there means that what, what can we expect of people that are not our enemies he'll make them cooperate and work together with us so there's no need to snatch them by the hair Nehemiah them and Bonk them on the head. You don't need to do that. You can come, when, especially when you're in alignment with the Lord. He, does, he goes ahead of you and prepares the hearts and the minds of the people. But the fact that he's browbeating them and being so harsh with them lets you know, like, wait a second. You know, peace should be our, and the kindness and the love of God should be our first our first response, not I'm going to snatch you by the hair and punch you in the gut a little bit before I send you down here to do what I want. Layla, you can barely hold that smile on your face, (laughs) but it's true. And I'm sure he felt like I have a right to do this. I'm doing right because I'm the king, you know, but that's, that's not right. And it even caused his son to have to go against him which I don't think he realized. This is his, this is one kingdom. Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself. Will not stand. Cannot, shall not, will not. You can, it's not going to work. So here it is. His son is having to go, no, my dad's not being right. How does that unify the kingdom? Now that causes and brings division. And Jonathan's not wrong, but the fact that he has to now rebut his father I don't think that King Saul took that into account. King Saul was just like, you better do what I said because I'm the king, you know. But there is a level of righteousness. When we we are placed in a position of authority in particular, we have an obligation to be righteous and an obligation not to cause the people around us to sin. We have that in our daily walk. My life should not be causing you to sin. So... um, you know, that, that's, that's sad, but you start to see now his son wants to be righteous. His son is already letting the Lord fight for him and still walking in that grace and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and going, Whoa, look, holy, hey, Lord, I believe you. Come on, let's, let's get something done. You know, we can do whatever you want to do. But then his dad, who has started to depart from the Lord and is proceeding and pursuing even further away from him, is now causing separation. Yes. There's also the the aspect of 
vengeance, right? He said, Saul says, no one's eating anything, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, until I've taken vengeance on my enemies. Which goes against what the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Right? That's, leave the results up to the Lord. But with that comes faith and trusting in the Lord that he's got the situation under control from the get-go. Not after we do our own thing, right? The wrath mm -hmm. of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Absolutely. And yes, these these people, the Philistines, had come against the, the children of Israel, and now the kingdom of Israel. But still, the from the beginning, it was the same. Put your faith, hope, trust, everything of every aspect of your life in the Lord. He's got it. The results are, are His. Trust that he is going to look out for you, that he wants his best for you, for your life. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. I can only assure you that it is a, above and beyond anything you could think, hope, or imagine. Mm -hmm. Is it going to look exactly like you had pictured or planned? No, probably not. You can rest assured, though, it's going to be the Lord's best for you. He knows what we truly need. And yes, he, he does grant desires also. That's mm -hmm. where it says that. To give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. But uh, he knows what we actually need. Yes, he does. And then there's the other aspect, though. So Jonathan didn't hear his father's command, right? Mm -hmm. When did the people say something to Jonathan? After he had eaten it. Mm. Like they saw him stick his stick out. Go through the whole process. Get it in the honey. Yep. Bring it back in. They watched him. <laughs> they watched him eat it right in front of them. And then they're like, oh, hey, this is what your father said. Oh. I think the guy was Good looking out. A little, little bit of a right? there. <laughs> good, looking, good looking out, right? He said what, Kyla? I thought they got a little sidetracked. Watching him eat the honey. Like, man, I just, wanna, I just want to eat it too. Toast, cake, coffee. Delicious. Maybe. But also, let's, let's look at the other ordeal, right? I'm not saying this is absolutely the, the case, but is that not human nature? No, you all looked at him because you know how you, you sometimes send the youngest in there. You send promise to do something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, go test the waters. Yeah, yeah, we know. Go see. And if he eats it, then, hey, everybody else gets to eat it, too. And then you feel like that it relieves you of your accountability. But all don't look at me like that. Um, no. But no. Um, it was a it was a hard thing. Just a hard situation altogether. Especially when you're running around all day. Sure, but as you... The Holy Spirit should be guiding you in your day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. when it's just you. But how much more so when you have other people that you're accountable for and responsible to and for? How much more so should the Holy Spirit be your guide? Constantly, you are in fellowship with him because he's always going to lead you into the right place. Absolutely. Right? What's the 23rd Psalm? He's always going to take you into righteousness. The Holy Spirit never leads us astray. He can't. It's impossible. So, um, you know, it's important. And I, I, I think people sometimes go, it's too hard to ask God. It's too hard. It's too hard to ask the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. I shouldn't have to do that. Well, why? Why wouldn't you? And, you know, the world wants the, that people rely on 
its own system, the world systems, or any everything else and anything else but God. But what he says. But God said, trust him, right? With all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Because your understanding has, has flaws. It fails. It has limitations. No, that's but There's a lot you don't know. But the Holy Spirit knows. He knows. And so if the Lord said, um, I stand at the door and knock, you know, anybody that opens to me, I'll come in and sup with them. You know, and the, letting Jesus in. Now we are one with the Father, the Lord Jesus, and the, his Holy Spirit. So if he wants to live and dwell in us and become one with us, do you think that means there are areas he doesn't want to be involved in in your life? Mm -hmm. If you're one, if you're one, can you be apart? No. no. Can you be separated? No. And it's... So, why then would we leave him out of anything? Because he's already, by the, the statement that he made and the statements that he's made in his word, he's already let us know and declared to us how important our reliance on him is, how important our unification with him and constant fellowship and communication with him is. So, endeavor every day to depend more and more on the Lord more and more on the Holy Spirit so that you're hearing his voice concerning everything. Lord, what should I eat today? You know, how do you feel about this? Because he knows what's good for your body. He knows your mm -hmm. particular needs before you can see them, before you have an accounting of them. What do I need for my hair? What do I need for my eyes? What do, you know, like, God, what do you think about this? And you can go from a place of not hearing God's voice, period, to knowing him intimately and hearing his voice all the time so that he's guiding you. And even the most, um, the quickest times you need to know something and the most, uh, the smallest detail he can tell you and that you can move from one place to the other, but it does take effort. It does take a conscious decision on our part as believers. You ready to go ahead and read the rest of it, honey? Yeah, let's let's get through the. Start at first. Thirty-five. Yeah, good. We want to finish out the rest of the chapter. Sure. You want to read it, honey? Yeah, I'll okay. read it. So starting in verse thirty-five, it says, "Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. This was the first altar that he built to the Lord. And Saul said, Let us go down after the Philistines by night and plunder them until the morning light.'" Let us not leave a man of them. And they said, Do whatever seems good to you. Then the priest said, Let us draw near to God here. So Saul asked counsel of God, Shall I go down after the Philistines? Will you deliver them into the hand of Israel? But he, as in the Lord, did not answer him that day. And Saul said, Come over here, all you chiefs of the people, and know and see what this sin was today. For as the Lord lives who saves Israel, though it be in Jonathan my son, he shall surely die. But not a man among all the people answered him. Then he said to all Israel, You be on one side, and my son Jonathan and I will be on the other side. And the people said to Saul, Do what seems good to you. 
Therefore Saul said to the Lord God of Israel, Give a perfect lot. So Saul and Jonathan were taken, but the people escaped. And Saul said, Cast lots between my son Jonathan and me. So Jonathan was taken. Then Saul said to Jonathan, Tell me what you have done. And Jonathan told him, He said, I only tasted a little honey with the end of the rod that was in my hand. So now I must die? Saul answered, God do so and more also, for you shall surely die, Jonathan. But the people said to Saul, Shall Jonathan die, who has accomplished his grace deliverance in Israel? Certainly not. As the Lord lives, not one hair of his head shall fall to the ground, for he has worked with God this day. So the people rescued Jonathan, and he did not die. Then Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, and the Philistines went to their own place. So Saul established his sovereignty over Israel and fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab, against the people of Ammon, against Edom, against the kings of Zobah, and against the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he harassed them. And he gathered an army and attacked the Amalekites and delivered Israel from the hands of those who plundered them. The sons of Saul were Jonathan, Jishui, and uh, Milkishua. And the names of his two daughters were these, the name of the firstborn, Merab, and the name of the younger, Michal. The name of Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimaaz, and the, daughter, and the name of the commander of the army was Abner, the son of Ner, Saul's uncle. Kish was the father of Saul, and Ner, the father of Abner, was the son of Abiel. Now there was a fierce war with the Philistines in all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he took him for himself. Mm-hmm. A lot in there. Yes. Wow. That's interesting. Just that um, so Saul excuse me. Thank you. Oh, excuse me. Um, so Saul is, he's coming back to inquire of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, I'm ready to go down. I'm going to, I have these plans, Lord. What do you think about them? Which is okay. That's a, that's a good thing. Come back and ask God. And then the Lord's like, well, you know. She doesn't say anything. He's, he's quiet, which is an indicator. Go back and take a look at the, the things beforehand. And even though Saul made this very inappropriate uh, and cursed the people. He put them in bondage. He, he bound them and he, but unlovingly operated to the point that, you know, God was like, he pointed the finger of like, this is what happened. You know, these are the things that you, you did and he demonstrated, you know, you let this come out of your mouth against your family and against your son and Saul was like well you're gonna die wow um it's one thing going I'm not going to allow my children to sway me from following the Lord right like he was talking to Eli yes I'm not gonna allow my children to cause me to sin or allow them to commit sins in places and positions that they should not you know what I mean like it's not okay for anybody to commit sin but I meant like being in a place of authority or defiling the things of God. I'm not going to let you do that. And going, you know, there's a difference between going, I don't like 
you know, I have my own way that I'm following. I'm going to kill you because you're getting in the way of that. Um, and I'm sure he was just trying to demonstrate that it doesn't matter who you are, you know, like he's not biased. But the literally the Lord had the people come and rescue his son from the folly that he was getting getting ready to enact and had already begun the works of enacting so that God could intervene on Jonathan's behalf. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Like the people literally had to tell their king, wait a second, that's not right. Like, no, and, and go, no, God worked through him today. He did all these good things and delivered us. And you can tell he was working with the Lord today. The Lord was ministering through him. You're not going to do that. that. Exactly. When his own father couldn't see it. And, um, but just how the Lord, he always takes care of us. Doesn't matter who's set out a trap, who, you know, whoever it is that is in desire of our life. He said, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And when we are doing what he desires, when we're pleasing to the Lord, and that doesn't mean about doing things right all the time. It's, he, he wants our heart. When our heart is set upon him, when we've set our love and our affection upon the Lord and living a life that's pleasing to him, he will always fight for us. Now, if you're living wickedly, you can't. Ex- you have no expectation. You know, you have no expectation of the Lord fighting your battles. Yeah, he's good to the just and the unjust, but the the special blessing of I'm protecting you, I'm defending you, that belongs to the people that whose heart is in the way of the Lord, his, mm-hmm. whose heart has gone after the Jesus, you know, the Lord of all creation. And um, I just, I love how God, like, I got this. <laughs> exactly. You uttered some words rashly, but I'm I'm still going to save the one who would have been the target, who's his child, you know. Yeah, but it goes to exactly what the Lord says. Bless and don't curse. Mm-hmm. Right? When we look at Jesus, you can look at the Holy Spirit, and you can look at examples through Moses or through the prophets. And they're all the same. They spoke only what the Lord said to say mm-hmm. in every situation. They spoke what the Lord commanded them to say. Nothing of their own initiative, but only as they were commanded. Right? Jesus says the same thing. I only say what my father says, and mm-hmm. I only do what my father does. That's an example and a pattern for each of us. It avoids creating situations like this. Mm-hmm. It avoids putting the people into bondage and then causing mm-hmm. the people to stumble. So as an example for all of us, especially for for leaders or those who are in authority, and, and by that... Uh, it's regardless of it's your own house for your own life or if you know it's at work or it's wherever your your place of you know authority position power is mm-hmm. there's a right way to to lead and always it's put your faith hope and trust in the lord but say what he says to say do what he says to do mm-hmm. it's important as that us as believers guard our mouth our gates Don't allow yourself to speak things that are ungodly because we know that words have power, right? In the beginning, God said, he said, he said, he said, and there was. We see that in the um, New Testament that the world, we know that the worlds were framed by the word of God and all things are upheld by the word of his power and were made in his image and his likeness. So you guys frequently hear me say, "Don't, don't talk like that. That should not be your confession. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. 
and um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So especially when emotions rise up and it's like that driving, cracking whip behind you. If I don't say this, I just got to say this. And oftentimes it's not a blessing of the Lord that's coming out that is mm -hmm. trying to find its way out of your mouth. Why? So it can find life. The enemy has no, he has no claim unless you start giving him power. And that happens in word and in deed. Do you understand that? Yes. yes. So um, people that confess, um, you know, curses on their own life, people that confess calamity and destruction in their own life should not be surprised. When that's what comes, when they reap what they sowed. Because they are releasing their faith when they say it. And it, by faith, we call those things that be not as though they were. That works on either side. For good and for evil. All right, we see Abraham doing that so that he could become the father of many nations. Confessing what God said, believing that in his heart and speaking it out of his mouth. That's how we get salvation. We believe, therefore we speak. But likewise, when people are saying... Um, and inviting curses into their lives and the lives of their children and their family. They believe for that. So they will have what they say. They will have the fruit of that. Jesus talks about that in Mark 11. Yes, we want to take it and, and apply it to great things, which is, is fine. But also, don't give the enemy a foothold. Absolutely. Um, what Submit the, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Right. Gabriel, what was it? Um, Daniel? When he had a petition yes. before the Lord, I believe it was Gabriel said, I have come for your words, mm -hmm. your words, your words. So your words are allowing the ministering spirits to come and work on your behalf or they're not, or they're allowing the wicked spirits access. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. But Amen. it's important that you keep your language in line with what God says. Okay. Now, even though Jonathan, he couldn't do anything about what his dad had already said and the fact that he transgressed it. It was already done and he didn't know, but still God delivered him. So, you know, when you start, when you get older, speak life over your children, speak life over your finances, speak life over your life, speak life over your job and the situations that you'll face. Speak the word of God only, right? And agree with him in that. But if you find that you've already let some things slip out, that's a, you can take care of that too. You bind those words up in the name of Jesus Amen. and command them to fall dead to the ground and be unfruitful. Amen. Sometimes it's a process. Like you guys are learning young how to control your language. I mean, you've, you've been learning this since you were little, um, how to not invite death and calamity into your, into your life with your words and your actions. But for someone that's like, oh, I don't know, I've been talking like this for years. Start where you are. And, you know, let the Holy Spirit minister to you, but watch. When, if you find yourself saying things that you ought not say, catch them right then and there. Be diligent about it because it matters. And then eventually your process and your mind will be renewed and conformed to the Lord. And you will find that you don't talk that way anymore. Because, you know, I don't, you guys have heard me say, kids, that I used to be a bad girl. I, I would make a sailor blush with the way I, that I used to talk. But, and you're surprised, but because I don't talk like that anymore, but I use that process. I allow the Holy Spirit to reframe my thinking, and I renewed it with the word, 
and took a hold of what was coming out of my mouth. So don't even let it get there. Mm -hmm. You people. Exactly. Don't even bring it to that point. Mm -hmm. What else did anybody get out of this section? Anybody notice a change in Saul? Mm, the exact thing that he said he wanted. Vengeance on all his enemies. No, but he, was gonna, he wasn't going to get delivered if he went. But what I'm saying is, so, yes, he inquired of the Lord, and clearly there was a, a change there. Mm -hmm. It caused him to look at some things clearly. His own actions, what he had done, putting the people in the bondage. And then he also stopped from pursuing, or he returned. And the Philistines just went home, too. Mm -hmm. yes. So the, the one thing he said he wanted, vengeance, in other words, to wipe them all out, was stopped. He was willing to put his son to death over it. Exactly. Um, unnecessarily. But the people were like, they said, as the Lord lives, you know, when they pull that kind of language out, that's it's like, serious. we're going to get you, too. Hands on the hip. I'm looking at you, so you're gonna have to fight all of us. You know, if you if you touch him, we're gonna get you. Kind of deal. Um, not one hair of his head shall fall to the ground, for he has worked with God this day. So the people rescued Jonathan, and he did not die. But that's the Holy Spirit working Absolutely. through them. That they're all on one accord. Like, no, how dare you? Um, I, I bring it up for this, right? There's sometimes that in the flesh you pursue some things, and the Lord wakes us up. Says so that stop for me. I, I want you to focus elsewhere. Mm -hmm. yes. I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> exactly. No, so, yep, you were still blessed. I, you received victory, right? But uh, it wasn't what the Lord had for you. So, when you constantly be checking in with the Lord, right? If, we're, if He never leaves us, forsakes us, forsakes us, then He's with us all day, every day. And we should so not we, leave or forsake him. Exactly. So how can you walk with someone and not have a conversation? That, that would make no sense. How can we? Why would we be hanging out together if no one's going to say anything? If we're not even going to look at each other. Uh, right? You're like, exactly. It doesn't even make sense in your own <laughs> mind. You're like, that, that's pointless. Okay. But how many people treat the Lord that way? Are you treating the Lord that right. way? So, yes. How, how many, and, and I say that to check yourself, each of us, check ourselves. Are we treating the Lord that way? Are we just going about our day, and the Lord's not even a blip on our radar, even though he's literally right there with us? No, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you shouldn't do that. But I'm just saying, we, we need to look at these things, right? Judge ourselves, lest we be judged, Right? He's there. He's there to lead us, to guide us, mm -hmm. to help us, to deliver us. All those things that, that comes off of relationship and mm -hmm. being in fellowship, in communion with him, with his Holy Spirit. Okay. Mm -hmm. You sure? Yes. Okay. okay.
And Charles, do you have anything to add to that? No. Okay. Well, let's, let's stop there for today. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll continue tomorrow. But let's close this out in prayer. All right, sir. Charles, sir, go for it. Lord, I thank you for today, and Lord, I just thank you for your continual blessing, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for everything that you have made, Lord, that we can enjoy it, Lord, but we don't have to get carried away with it, Lord. Lord, I also thank you for allowing us to be pleasing to you and do your will, Lord, and not be separated free from you for eternity, Lord. I just thank you for helping everybody and just going through what you went through to do it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody have a wonderful day. We love you, and God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.